check, check. Yep, yep. That's out of nature. I need to come up with my own. It's not very authentic anymore. giving away. But anyway, um, here it. we are. Episode three of Control Issues. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm incredibly grateful to be here taping at the Most High Studios. They have been incredibly hospitable. Um, I feel like I just showed up and get to talk in front of a microphone and it's probably for the best because if not, I might break some things. There's a lot of fancy equipment here. Um, but if you are checking in and listening um, and you want to give your feedback, feel free to hit me up Instagram. We got control issues 19. Hit me up on the Gmail control issues 19 at gmail.com. I would love some feedback. Got some feedback this week. So hopefully we can incorporate that today. Um, but I'm so grateful as well to those who tuned in for Facebook Live. Had a lot of good questions. Some not so great questions, <clears throat> Evan. Anyway, um, but if someone could tell me the answer to if a turtle is looking up, would, does he think fish are flying? I would love to know that answer. But nonetheless, I am very grateful. Lots of good feedback, and I had a great time last week. So today, I'm here with my dear friend, Bethany. I'm a big fan, and I'm sure a lot of other people are. But maybe not everyone knows you, Bethany. So why don't you give me the Reader's Digest? Who are you? Where'd you come from? What's the meaning of life? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm, I'm Bethany. Um, never done anything like this before, so bear with me. Okay. Um, I have roughly three years in recovery now. Um, and... You know, for some reason, I forgot everything about who I am. Um, I have no name anymore. I was never born. Um, there's nothing to go off of. But I think I came from Georgia, and um, that's it. That's all I've got for you right now. It's a little daunting. You get in front of the light yeah. and the microphones, and you're like, and I forgot what my middle name is, right? Like, well, yeah, I never knew that to begin with. Yeah. yeah. You could have had two. I have two. Well, I had to. Had to? I had to. Well, I was adopted. My dad adopted me and I was Zora Neale Ripley insert my old last name and now I'm just Zora Neale Johnson see people um, have all these cool stories with their names my mom just picked like the most southern like combination possible the old lady like, name too yeah the Bethany Grace but don't call you Beth no because that is I've not learned my that name. the hard way that is a different name that is, not, Beth your is name. not my name but I like Bethany there's a lot of good Bethany's out there it's a strong name just maybe like 10 Bethany's <laughs> 10 Bethany's world. so you're from Georgia, right? You grew mm -hmm. up here? Yep. You grew up in Canton, somewhere over there, right? Where are you from? Yeah, over in North Georgia. Okay. So, yeah. Northwest corner. It's a totally different world than where I'm from. I've been there, right? I've been to yeah. Waleska. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, Waleska's pretty, pretty around where I was at, maybe a little more north, but um, definitely was not urban right. by any means when I was growing up. It is more so now because... All the rich white people were like, oh, my God, there's land here still? We're going to build a bunch of mansions and everything. And it's so, going to cost $300,000 yeah, let's put a in year. a shopping mall here. We don't need trees. Who needs to breathe? Like, the roads were Fuck not made bees. for it. But here we are. I've got a Target right, right across from my house. Hey, so I'm now, living. you have to have a Target. You know, you go to Target and let the Target gods tell you what you need. Okay? A Target is arguably my new addiction, I think. And they haven't quite created an anonymous just for <laughs> Target. Because I swear I walk in there with a budget. I'm like, $50. We're going to do great. We're going to be, like, really good about this. I'm not hungry. I made sure. Like, I'm just going to walk through, get my groceries, and leave. And every time, it's $100. Oh, Without yeah. a doubt, $100. And it's just because I found, like, some weird, like... Right chickpea pasta or something so I'm like this will make me skinny I know it right because it, because it's the outsides that fix us right like well yeah duh of course um I always struggle with that section that's right there in the front that's like the five dollar items oh, no. and all of a sudden I've got 25 dollar items and I've now spent a hundred dollars and I haven't even made it past that section right but I need that sixth pumpkin to go in my fall accoutrement yeah see I'm not much of a decorate I'm that's a lie I like like art as decoration mm -hmm. so like little fall knickknacks that's my my mom's thing right and so I'm like very against it I think it's like a waste of time for me right. because I'm mostly like when am I even home when am <laughs> I even gonna see the little tiny pumpkin right but it's always the cool new foods they came out with because I love food I think I've mentioned food a few times now so obviously one true love <laughs> right it's the it's the only love so you mentioned your mom right I lived with my parents for my first six months of, of 
sobriety. Well, mm-hmm. and a little bit before then, while I was still using. And that was a nightmare. Um, God bless my parents for not having kicked me out. I mean, many arguments with my father as I would stumble in at all sorts of hours. And my parents have little little girls, right? So very right. disrespectful. But nonetheless, I got sober. And I worked through that first six months. And you're newly sober, just trying to figure out how to exist. I have to walk past this, like, bar every day. Um and it was a very good decision to move out of my parents' house for me at the time, right? Mm-hmm. But you still live with your parents, right? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. that like being, getting sober, living with your parents, and staying sober and staying living with your parents? Well, it's a little bit odd. I mean, being 21, like, it's like, you know, you have your own life. And, you know, I think my parents are, like, pretty respectful of the fact that I do have my own life. And... But at the same time, like, as much as they understand I'm grown and they don't need to, like, watch over me all the time, there's still, like, little things that, you know, will bug them about what I do. And if I don't, like, you know, I mean, I like to be out as long as I like to be out. And I don't want to tell anyone why I'm out. I just want to be out because that's the part of me that's, like, I have no rules. And, like, you can't control me, you know. But, um, you know, it was really weird to finally have to learn because I got sober at a pretty young age. I mean, I was 17 when I first started trying to mm-hmm. get into recovery. And I was 18 this last round and what hopefully sticks for a while. You Knock know, on I'm on wood, a pretty right? pretty good run right now, but we'll see. Um, you know, and so I was, like, very young, just figuring out who I was. Like, And then now I've got this, like, other piece of my life that was completely, like, out of control, unforeseen territory and none of my other siblings like they had issues of their own but they didn't have that issue right you know and so for me a lot of it was just being honest and learning how to man just suck it up and you know I felt like I was being treated like a child when I would be out at all hours of the night and you know like you do in early sobriety you know you go out to like 4 a.m and you want to be that person who does that and you don't need sleep for some reason um but you know I I couldn't I had to say like because I mean I, I was still in high school yeah like I had to like go home you know I had to say hey I'm out I'll be home by one, you know, like I had a curfew, I had things going on. One o'clock in high school? I was 18. I mean, I was, you know, I have that stupid birthday. So like, I was an adult the entire senior year of high school. So, um, so they like, and I'm the third child. So I, I also had like, I guess probably the least strict rules of the three of us. So it was just, I was really swallowing my pride with that. I think that was like the biggest issue for me was just like, I had a lot of like, I deserve, yeah. you know, I don't have to because I deserve your respect. I deserve to not have to report to you. And all these things that I kept thinking that like somehow the universe was just supposed to like grant me like adulthood, you know, right. and, and the respect that comes with that. Right. But um, really my, my mom is very strong and mm-hmm. she's like probably the strongest woman I know and that she was not having that attitude. <laughs> and she very quickly would put me back down in my place and be like, everything you have right now, the stability you have is because of us. Yeah. So you're going to have to take it down quite a few notches and realize who you are and where you are yeah. if you want to stay here. Because you don't have to stay here. You can leave. You oh, know. Yeah. And so it was always like, it still is some days. I mean, not so much anymore because I've earned that respect. You know, if I'm not home, they know nothing's going on. You know, they're not worried about what I'm doing. Um, I guess the biggest fear would just be like a normal parent fear of like, hey, I haven't seen your ditch, car right? in two yeah. days. Like, you good? Right. You know, like, <laughs> do you need to eat? Right. Like, so, you know, for the most part, I'm, I, I pretty much check in now. So right. it's definitely been, you know, kind of a battle with that. But, well, the battle for me a lot was the emotions, right? Like, and, and what you talked about, the I deserve this. So my family are very hardworking people, right? Mm-hmm. Every hour of the day is usable time to be doing something productive. And I'm a pretty hard worker. And anyone who knows me knows I'm very busy and I like to pack it all in. But um, with that being said, you know, 
getting sober, there were a lot of times where I was just like done. I would work a full day. I would go to a meeting, meet with my sponsor, blah, 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 blah. And it's a lot of emotions. Like I have emotions. I now feel them. And so I'd come home and just want to sit and watch Criminal Minds on Netflix. And it's where my stepmother and I butted heads a lot because I had some chores. I had chores and a curfew. And I was 25 years old Mm -hmm. with a 11 p.m. curfew. Mm -hmm. And there were rules. And and there was a punishment if I was not home. And, you know, I get it, right? Like my past behavior set me up for that. But that was definitely the hardest part was trying to navigate like being respectful to them I also felt like I owed them a lot of things for how much they had done for me but also learning like how do I find self-care and having a conversation right like having that conversation with my dad or my stepmom or whomever and being like this is what I need and if you aren't cool with it then maybe I reassess and the reassess did happen right and I moved out into a pretty unhealthy place learned that one the hard way um, but nonetheless, that was very hard for me when I was, you know, c- coming up in sobriety because I didn't really know how to interact with people. There's mm-hmm. a lot more spitfire coming out. Lots of arguments with my father, um, you know, tables involved and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But do you feel like you communicate well with your parents or? Um, Honestly, I think my communication with my parents never stems from where they're at. I think I try to take responsibility in the sense of like when we have miscommunications, it's almost always because I approach the situation wrong, Yeah, you know, and I'm in a bad headspace and I I go at them and, uh, you know, I can be quite argumentative. Like that's a pretty big, you know, defect of mine is, you know, I like to. I like to fight and I like to start a fight and I don't like to back down when I'm in it. So I think now, yes, it's like not even on the same like playing field of where it was when I first got sober of how we communicate. Um, When I first got sober, it was volatile at best. Mm -hmm. You know, I did not know how to be a person. I did not know how to talk to people. Um, I didn't know how to tell people what I needed without being ridiculous and without going off the edge and, you know, trying to make myself out to be bigger than I am. And um, I think now it took a while, but we have just come to the conclusion that, like, there are certain things we don't talk about right. because there are certain things that we will never agree about, you know, and, and we just don't see eye to eye. And I'm okay with that, and my parents are okay with that. Um, but, we, I mean, we go at it from time to time, and, and it's definitely hard to get my space yeah. And it's hard to not have, you know, you know, to realize that the ultimate threat that they could throw over me now is always, well, you can just leave. Right. You know, yeah. and it's like, oh, looking at my bank account, the way that works. You're going to be crashing on my re- love yeah. seat, right? Right. Yeah. No, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm like, well, I guess I got to stay here and just like Toughen stop fighting with people. My communication has gotten way better with my parents since I left, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not the experience for everyone. This is just purely my experience, right? And everything that we talk about here, I am not the authority on anything. Right. I can't even apparently be the authority on disability like I spoke about last week because I learned something new today. Um, but this is all based on my experience, right? And, and I'm not here to soapbox or anything. But my communication has gotten better with my parents since I've left. Like I talk to my dad very frequently, I'm in the middle of a little bit of a like medical thing and I'm calling my dad today, texting him. I needed an adultier adult to explain something to me. Do I go get this? Do I get a second opinion? Yada, yada. Um, but some of the harder parts, like I think I got really good at communicating with people in the beginning. And then recently, <laughs> I hate to admit this because it's not something I'm good at, but um, I've gotten not as great about communicating with other people in the rooms, right? Like I had this experience with a friend and both of our behavior, but I can only really talk about mine, Mm -hmm. was not the greatest, right? And it blew up. And today I was texting a friend about it and she was like, well, I really think you should, you should call them and you should own your part even if they don't. And I was like, and she's like, you'll see, you'll find relief. And so I shot her back a text like, I won't find relief and he'll never change and blah, blah, blah. Well, I ate crow and I called the person and we mm-hmm. talked for like 40 minutes and it was a little circuitous. So there were some bumps in the road, but that's something I need to work on is learning not only to communicate with people and set boundaries, 
because that's an issue sometimes, but also be as respectful because I'm still sometimes in that like, well, I deserve to be treated this way and how dare you call me shitty and bitchy or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Boundaries. How do you do with boundaries? Boundaries? I mean, I think this last year has been the first time I've actually really set boundaries and kept them. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a very hard time keeping boundaries with friends. Um, but in relationships, I think I, I play a pretty firm hand of what I'm okay with and what I'm not. Um, a lot of times I think I like, you know, when I'm struggling, I, I get insecure and I don't want to lose something. Right. So, I'm not willing to say that I have a boundary. Yeah. You know, I let things cross a boundary because I'm insecure. I don't want to lose this thing that I think that I need. You know, and for me, that is about the most dangerous thing I can do because inevitably it always ends in me losing that thing anyway because I crossed a boundary I was not okay with. Right. Um, so boundaries for me now, they kind of look like, you know, I know myself a little bit better now. I know what I can handle, you know, when I was first in sobriety, I didn't quite know what I could handle, you know, could I handle this type of relationship, uh, you know, a fling with someone, could I handle like all these different things, and the truth is, is that like, I can't, I know that today about myself, like, I am passionate, Mm -hmm. and I like to be loyal to the people that I love, and I expect a lot out of them, Um, but my boundaries now look like you know, more so for me, like, where do I set my boundary with what I expect of people? Yeah. You know, where do I draw the line of like, that's me getting into controlling territory. And this is like, okay, that's pretty fair to ask of someone, you know? Um, so I definitely am more clear on my boundaries, but I think that that's something you learn with age too, is just growing up and, you know, you know, being a woman and like understanding that I'm allowed to say, you know, I'm not okay with this. Yeah. You know, in any situation with friends, with situations, like anything, I think that's really daunting for people like to understand like, no, I don't feel that way. And no, I will not change my mind. Yeah. You know, and so. And then we're not doormats, right? My first sponsor would always say that like you just because you're turning over new leaf and you've gotten into the rooms, a lot of people in my experience in the rooms will step on each other's toes, mm-hmm. right? We step on each other's toes and they, on whatever, retaliate. Luke is probably rolling over at me misquoting <laughs> the big book, but whatever. <laughs> he can message me about it. But, um, you know, I'm stepping on people's toes. They're retaliating me, yada, yada, yada. And it's because I think a lot of us have the really good intentions. Mm-hmm. With that being said, like you touched on, not only setting boundaries, because I think I set boundaries well, right? Like, you may not talk to me like this. I will not engage with you X, Y, or Z way. But I struggle with holding the boundaries and primarily with the people closest to me. Mm-hmm. Because if I tell you that it's not okay that you made a comment about the color of my hair, just as an example, then you might leave me and what, do I, what happens, mm-hmm. right? Then I'm alone. Yeah. But am I really alone? Right. I think that that's like something, you know, I've had to learn with time um, is that anything I'm like so fearful of losing, like to the extent that like I will not like be true to myself. Yeah. I'm going going to lose it, you know, and that's because it was never healthy from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it was never I never had any like foot to stand on. Right. You know, so like to stand on is what I meant to say. So <laughs> I liked you. I'm becoming you my mother. Stand on it's your okay. foot. Yeah, it's okay. I'm becoming my mother. Um, she messes up phrases constantly. Um, but you know, I think like the important thing is to understand that like anything you lose because you set a boundary and you kept to that boundary, you were never meant to have. Mm. You know, that was never yours. That was never anyone's anything. You know, that's not someone you want to keep beside you. If it's a healthy boundary, you know, and that's where you have to be you know, honest with yourself, like, is this healthy? Should I expect this of someone? And if A, yes, on both questions, you know, then and they respond incorrectly or they respond right. in a negative way. Just let that be. Is this healthy or is this me trying to uh, put up walls for people? Right. Because that'll happen for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, if I just give this, put this boundary out there, really I'm not putting a boundary, I'm putting up like this massive fence, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well... I'll just protect myself and be in my cute little bubble, hashtag no new friends, you know, but maybe I'm missing out on an opportunity to connect with someone. 
And I have uh, also a quick shout out to Marina. I think we got your topics in there. Boundaries, a little bit of fear. We'll go back to those too. Um, But very grateful that she reached out and gave us some topics. Um, Love seeing that. And we'd like more. But to go back to um, the boundaries, no new friends thing. It's funny how I create this in my mind, right? Like I had a conversation and I was like, I just, I have my friends and then I have all these acquaintances and that's how I want it. And then I started, well, took over a women's meeting and it's at my house. And now I have all these new friends. Mm. Like one of them seems to be showing up the most in my life reason. Like there's two really, but showed up last night to watch the game with me. Doesn't like football. But she came and sat there with me for an hour while we talked and I talked to some dude next to me about the game. And like, that's true friendship for me. And it's funny how I set up this plan and then God's like, actually, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Usually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm so I'm so grateful for that. Um, I listened to a meditation on gratitude right before I came in. I think I've said grateful like five or six times now, but um that opportunity to connect with people like we met pretty mm-hmm. much through the women's meeting way yeah. back in the day yeah um and now you're one of my favorite people That's and all good. your sarcastic and go one way or the other, <laughs> yeah. so I'm glad it turned that way but yeah I mean meeting new people is dude I'm queen of hashtag no new friends I like what I like and I think that that's gonna be everything forever right because I don't like change. I am not alone in that. I think a lot of people in recovery, I mean, I can only speak like for sure about myself, but I think a lot of people in recovery struggle with change and with like allowing new ideas into their, you know, sort of bubble of what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like the friends part has been the hardest thing for me because I just want them to fall in my lap and then I want to take them and now they're my friend and now they can't be other friends. And yeah. so like, you know, like my circle can only have a maximum of five and it's like, I'm good. I have my circle. I don't need anyone else. Why do I have to talk to new people? Right. Like, why do you want, like, you know, if I ever, when I call my sponsor, when <laughs> me you know um the few occasions you know so when I do that like you know I'm always she's always like you should really try to go to new meetings and you know find something you really like and I'm like go to new places I have a strict boundary about what I'm <laughs> you know and I like use it as a way to just like step behind into my fear right and just be like I don't need that I have like two female friends right. I'm like good like I have two. That's There's, all that's you need, enough. right? You know, you know, and I tell them some things, you know, not every, but some things, you know, and so I'm like, I'm doing pretty great. So yeah. new meetings, right? Like I remember, well, not even like, I kind of have this thing where like, these are the meetings that I go to, you know, I go to uh, the, one of them's at my home. So I really mm-hmm. don't have an option. Yeah. You kind of go. Um, but someone reached out to me, um, this week about like, Hey, why don't you come to this meeting anymore? And I used to go religiously, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, I don't go to that meeting anymore. <laughs> um, and I've noticed that I'm like really only going to two, three meetings a week, you know? Now, when I first got sober, I was going to seven, sometimes more. Yeah. Because when someone said 90 and 90, you betcha I made it to 180 and 90, right? I right. had to be the overachiever. But it's interesting how like life starts to happen and I still try and have my recovery in the forefront of everything, right? Because without that, I'm going to lose everything else. But do you see yourself, do you go to a lot of meetings or do you see, has there been a shift recently? Oh man, go to a lot of meetings. Um, I think if you count a lot as like once a week um, (laughs) to a meeting that's not actually clarified as like a meeting on the schedule, then yes, I go to tons. Um, (laughs) If that doesn't count, then... I don't know. I've showed my face like twice in the last month. Um, you know, I think it's it's a new thing for me. Okay. Um, I'm usually pretty good. I usually, you know, in the past I've kept about three meetings a week, you know, and it's religious. I go to those unless something I cannot control comes up. Yeah. Um, but not so much anymore. Um, don't really know what it's like about. Yeah. Um, it's not really like a hang up in my sobriety. I don't think, I think it's just a, a hang up in where I'm at. Right. And what I'm, I'm capable of right now and what I'm willing to ask of myself. 
Right. And I don't think that that's healthy or unhealthy. I don't think anything about it. I just let it be what it is right now. And, you know, I have, I technically have a home group and, you know, I'm, I was, yeah. And you say that because you're also there. Um, (laughs) It's one of the three meetings I go to a week. (laughs) And I have comments on it, but, you know, at the same time, like, I don't, I used to be very heavily involved because I had a position and, you know, I was very good about that. I am, you know, it was nice to see myself like keep to a commitment for a while. Um, But then that commitment ended and I just kind of had to feel the waters out if this was something that I, I, you know, that meeting particularly was something that I wanted anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I needed a breath away from it. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if anyone has ever felt that way, but I definitely have. It's just, you know, sometimes it gets monotonous and sometimes you start losing the reason of why am I even here? Yeah. You know, like, yes, I'm here for the newcomer, but right now I'm so like in my own place of like feeling disconnected that I'm not there for the newcomer, you know? So let me take a step back and let me like think about what's happening right now. You can't pour into someone else's cup until yours is full, right? Right. And I found a shift in, now, my suggestion, and this is just my suggestion, talk to your sponsor before you take it, but when I came in, I needed to go to meetings because I didn't know anyone, mm-hmm. right? Like, I needed to meet people who were part of my tribe, right? Yeah. Um, and I needed to be connected because the opposite of addiction is isolation or whatever that saying is, for me at least, right? Like, I, And I notice those patterns now. When it goes from I'm hitting three to I'm hitting none, eh, not good, but really the giveaway for me is when I'm not connected. Maybe I'm not connected in a meeting format anymore, mm-hmm. but once I stop texting the people in my network or, and calling them, once I stopped, en- stop, stopped, once I stop engaging with people, that's when it's bad news bears for me, right? That's the disconnection. I still feel connected, but it's in a different way. You, you have different seasons, right? Like this season right now for me is all about the strong women. Mm-hmm. And that's the, what I'm doing, right? That's my season. Right. And I think that that's kind of, you know, I'm not just saying this to justify my actions, believe it or not, but also <laughs> right. I think that that's kind of where I've been at is, um, you know, the, the co-ed meetings are great, whatever. I believe in them. They got me sober. I'm here today because of them, because of the people that I met in those meetings. Um, however, right now it's really important to me to be connected to women in recovery Mm -hmm. and that has been everything for me um because I don't I don't feel disconnected I really don't like sure I'm not showing up to every like outing that it happens you know some people might not see my face for a minute but the people who know me and I care about I'm there yeah you know like you see me every week you know I show up I make sure that you know I am present in that I just think that I needed some time because I took some time off of dating off of pursuing dating and took some time for myself and I'm just trying to you know a lot of things in my life have made me not feel strong but you know Mm. being a woman like shouldn't be one of those you know and so I'm trying to like identify with you know that part of me that like I'm not a little girl anymore Mm -hmm. you know I'm a woman and I want to find strength in that and I think there are strength in numbers in that regard and a lot of women have helped me through my seasons lately much more than, you know, my old behaviors of, of running to a male every time that I had a problem because I didn't understand how to talk to females, right. you know? Well, in running to them, I think a lot of my running to them was not with the best intentions, right? Sure. Because I knew that I could get the selective feedback out of, of their situation. <laughs> and with the women I've connected to in this last, I mean, it's really been six months where this shift has happened in my life. Um, it's honest, it's vulnerable, it's intimate. We joke around, right? Like yep. the, the, the meeting on Wednesday, there is a lot of talk that I, if my father was there, he would be very disappointed in my work. mouth, not safe for work. Mm. But at the same point in time, like learning to connect with other women, it's a struggle. It was a struggle for me to connect with other women coming in. And I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, podcast is just that it's it's daunting, right? Like, I feel like I'm in competition or you're going to judge me or a lot of the women when I was out were really not my friends, right? It was a lot of mutual manipulation. Um, So if I had to give someone an unsolicited suggestion, if you're a lady, like stick to the ladies, 
shoot me a DM Mm -hmm. and I will tell you how to get to my home and come on we play games it's a ton of fun Um, it is not an official meeting it's my home little brand of weird Um, but connecting to women has absolutely transformed where I'm at now and um, I love it I love the quirkiness Um, but with that being said if you're not can if you're feeling disconnected maybe that's the answer or maybe it's not just keep trying to find how to get connected right and I think that women are always like I think in the rooms especially like we all come in with these issues right <laughs> and I have yet to meet a female that did not have issues with females yeah that I have met in recovery I have not and it's been you know over three years since I walked in yeah you know and I think that is just something that's engraved into our brains from a very young age that the only reason other women are around is as competition. Yeah. You know, it's how can I beat you? How can I win in this situation? But the more, the older that I get, the more I'm learning that like, you know, I am so much more comfortable in a room full of women than I am in like a room full of men and, and all these other things that I thought was like me. I'm like, I'm just like a tomboy. Like I just, you know, get along with boys better. And it's like, no, I just couldn't see women as people. I saw women as competition. Yeah. You know, and now it's like it's a safe haven. It's like I can be who I am. You're going to understand. We're all going to shine. Yeah. It's, Yay, Lizzo. <laughs> God, Lizzo. She's everywhere now. She is the greatest. I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about her. I mean, like, I like what she's saying. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But that one song that's on the radio all the time. Truth Hurts. That one. Mm-hmm. It's got to stop. <laughs> It's probably overplayed. Yeah, it's got to stop. I mean, I know the radio likes to kill things. Like, oh, it is. Sad. You like them and then they just kill it. Right. And you're like, yeah, I never want to hear this again. Right. Um, but I think the weird part is that I hear more men listening to it <laughs> than I hear like women like blasting it. Like, right. My brother listens to Lizzo. Yeah. Frequently. My friend listens to Lizzo frequently. All males. Hey, everyone's getting the message. I mean, they, I don't think they do, though. I think they're just like, yeah, she's a bad bitch. Like, I'm down with that. I'm like, are you, though? Because there's <laughs> plenty of bad bitches you've ignored lately <laughs> in real life. Okay. Gosh. So. Hashtag ghosted. But so you were, you mentioned like, so you came in over three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. You're finishing up year three. Yeah. Every time I have a sober anniversary, which I've only had two so far. Things get weird for me, right? What kind of stuff has kind of been dredged up recently? Or are you in a different spot where you're like, this is fucking awesome? Um, I think things definitely get dredged up. I think lately, last year was a rough one. Okay. Um, my two-year anniversary was definitely one of those situations where I... I just, I was depressed at that point, you know, um, this year has had a lot of ups and downs and like weird, like a depressive spell. And then a, just a high, you know, a, like realizing who I am. And so all these things. And so going into this third anniversary, you know, God willing, I last that long, you know, you never know. Um, I'm going to make sure. I mean, you say that, but you know, I'm kidding. Um, cause it's all about me. I just want to give you your chip. Right. <laughs> well, miss don't call my sponsor enough for that so you know you got to um oh, I almost just snorted I snort when I laugh and I don't want to snort do it too. in the microphone yeah that might be a lot for listeners um guys I'm single yeah it's beautiful um <laughs> but yeah I mean I think that this this anniversary has been I don't think I don't hold a lot of weight into anniversaries I don't okay. think um for me it's kind of like just another day goes by mm-hmm um same with like birthdays and stuff like that and and as you know like a few months ago I celebrated my 21st birthday Mm -hmm. and um I say that has to be the weirdest hiccup of my sobriety um to this date so that was just this weird understanding of like like so before obviously I wasn't gonna drink because I like I was like well if I have to go out of my way to illegally obtain alcohol I have an issue right you know, like that obviously means I'm an addict, I'm this, I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but now it's like legally I can. Yeah. So now it's like this conscious, like conscious, there we go. Yeah. Decision. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> to say no, like to be like, I don't need this anymore. And yeah. um, 
And so, I mean, that's the thing for me is that I just, I don't know, I have to consciously decide that like, this is what I want. This is the life that I want. I'm not willing to throw anything away. Even like, even as it being like a legal thing, I could technically do it. I could technically get away with it, but there's too much to lose. So that's been like the weirdest hiccup of like my third year. Did you have a lot of people pressuring you? Oh my God, yes. I had, you know, just everyone. I mean, from work, from, you know, not family members because they're all pretty aware of where I'm at. But, um, you know, people at the gym, everything, you know, people who just like kind of know me, know pieces of me. And, um, you know, just, so what are you going out and doing tonight? Like what, you know, get drunk, do this, like do that. And it it made me feel left out. You know, it made me feel small. Because I was like, am I ever going to be like fully normal? Like I can't mm. even like have this birthday and like, you know, tell people. Celebrate it traditionally. Right. You know, just can't celebrate it traditionally. People don't understand when I say I don't drink. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a thing. They like don't get it. And so like I literally had it like a coworker be like, well, you can just have a glass of champagne. I'm no. like, um, you don't have I enough could. cocaine and heroin yeah. to finish out <laughs> that like, night. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I definitely think, you know, and then, and then it's tricky behavior, right? That's mm-hmm. like tricky for my disease to hear that. Okay. If I'm not strong enough, you know, it's very tricky for me to hear that. Like I could just have a glass of champagne and I could probably keep it together for a minute. Yeah. You know, and that's the spiral. I think that happens with that and, and the pressures of society of like, I could I could do this right and things might not be bad immediately but I do know myself and I know that I'm not here for no reason you know (laughs) you don't just waltz in at like 18 years old like just seem like a cool place to hang I see a lot of cool people here they have coffee yeah they tell weird stories (laughs) yeah like I did not want to be in a room full of old people yeah you know like that was you know so obviously I have an issue obviously I have something I cannot control Mm -hmm. and you know that's for me I'm a trash can of everything so anything I put in my way I cannot control 100% I went to a wedding on Saturday Mm -hmm. my best friend's sister got married she's like family too and it was a normal people wedding right I have a I have a sober wedding I get to go into in November which I'm interested to see how that goes I'm really excited but they were passing out champagne on the way in. Didn't want it. Didn't, you know, nothing, none of that. But by the time the ceremony was over and we got inside, it had rained during the outside ceremony. So mm-hmm. I was wet. I was already feeling weird about my hair. It was just like a weird day, mm-hmm. right? All together. And so I'm uncomfortable. And I realized what you, like what you had said, I felt like like I was disconnected from other people in a sense like mm-hmm. I wasn't a part of anymore because I couldn't drink and everyone was drinking minus me and the one girl that I drove with me so I went to the bar and um I got a cranberry juice and soda water and mm-hmm. I am surprised I made it through the two-hour drive home because I drank like nine of them yeah because wow. it just made me feel better to have something in my absolutely. hands absolutely I needed to feel a part of and to feel like I was doing whatever everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. And what what's a really cool, very quick story. Um, Christmas last year, maybe it was two years ago, um, my family does like champagne toast and they make this drink called Cure Royale. And um, my dad passes me this glass. And I'm like, dude, you know I can't drink, right? You know how this is going to go. Yeah. You have been living with me, right? And... Um, and he goes, just just don't worry about it. My dad had made me like a mocktail so I could feel connected with mm-hmm. everyone. I thought that was so cool. Um, and I've just had to learn, have to, I have had to learn. I can't talk tonight. Um, I've had to learn that there are ways to not drink but still feel a part of. And, you know, sometimes I drink a Red Bull, whatever. Sometimes I don't go to things. Yeah. Because I just know, like, on the day where I feel really bad and my hair doesn't look right, pfft, that might just open the floodgates to I'll have that one champagne and that's not going to end well. Well, and I I think I recently had a situation like that and that, um, you know, I went to this concert and I'm a big concert goer for anyone who knows me. I like, I love to go see live music. Yeah. Um, and so I was seeing like one of my favorite bands and so I'm in this like weird place, right? I'm in this, um, what are they called? Venue. venue. That's the word. Um, I was in this venue that I didn't know. Um, and, you know, for 
those of you who know, it was the Georgia Theater in Athens, right? Yeah. I'm in fucking Athens. I'm 21 for once in fucking Athens. So I'm not even having to go out of my way, right? Like, literally, I could just walk down the street and get drunk. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a big deal. And so I'm there. I'm alone. I know no one there. So I'm in the city where, like, no one I know. No one came with me. I'm two hours from home. Like, and, and those feelings hit me. You know, I feel disconnected. I feel uncomfortable and I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Right. You know, and so that's like a situation where, you know, thank God I have like a a grip in my sobriety and I immediately reached out to like five people quickly. Right. And was like, hey, there's a bar here feeling weird for some reason. Let me know you're alive so I don't feel like. Right. So someone knows where I am too, you know. Yeah. And reaching out is key because I, you know. I've had some sponsees and, you know, and I've done it. I've been the one that doesn't reach out and, you mm-hmm. know, thinks no one's going to, oh, well, no one will know, right? right? Like, I'm in another state. That's a freelapse, right? That doesn't work that way. My experience shows. I do joke shows, about it, but well, it doesn't work that way. I, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you, right? Right. So a Different lot of... Code. What's the, <laughs> exactly. A lot of the experiences that I've been having where I've been going into situations where I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. whether it's related to the alcohol or just like... Dude, I'm about to be 28 and everyone around me is getting married and having babies. And like, <laughs> maybe I'm just a little jealous sometimes, you know, like. Absolutely. Where's my big green egg cake, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was the cutest groom's cake yeah. ever. But so I'm already kind of uncomfortable in certain situations. And my friend who went with me to this wedding on Saturday, God bless her. She is the most positive person mm-hmm. you will ever meet. And I needed that ray of sunshine to be like, just let go and let God and your person's going to come when they come to you. And that's a little hard for me. One of the reasons we get along is we're both a little cynical. No, not at all. <laughs> a little I'll bit's see. an understatement. But like, so do you ever get in those moments where you know, to let go and let God means like God take over the, the, what's going to happen, like control the circumstances. What does it look like for you when you're in an uncomfortable situation, you have to give over that control. Do you handle that well? Or do you have things like, what's your experience there? Let go and let God. So usually for me with the, with that situation, I am, I learn very hard ways. So (laughs) I think that I can like manipulate situations into being what I think that they should be. Um, And and it never works for me, obviously. Like I have landed myself in very precarious situations in life because of that thinking. But, um, you know, when I have to let go and let God, I think that it's just like a place that I get to. Like I get so exhausted. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like I literally am on the verge of a breakdown. I'm exhausted. I am tired of trying to hold it all together. You know, and and God didn't ask me to do that. No. You know, God never yeah. asked me to try to hold this together um, and to try to figure out who I'm going to marry, when I'm going to have kids, like what job am I going to have? Will I go back to school? What do I want to do? Like God didn't ask me to hold all of those things all the time. Right. You know, and, and I, I think, you know, it, it's often said like, yeah, I'm not even going to try to quote that because I'm going to say the <laughs> phrase wrong because I can't talk either. Um, but, you know, like the the bur- like burdens with God are like very light. Yeah. You know, like he's not giving you these heavy burdens to carry. We just um, make them heavy, I think. I make them heavy. And, and I love to do that because I like to make them this big story. I like to make it this big like um, – thing that I somehow think I have control over. Right. Um, so when I, now I'm, I'm kind of in a phase, like I said, I had kind of a weird year of just like ups and downs and I had a lot of doors closed on several relationships. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and they were like romantic relationships and some of them were friendships, like doors just closed out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I had friends leave the state. I had like all these things were like disappearing. I'd change even like, you know, me, I'm a creature of habit. My gym closed. Uh, that was terrifying. Like all these things I could not control were happening. Right. Um, and, you know, my plans were just shattering before me. Like I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't have a serious relationship. I haven't been in a serious relationship probably since I was like 
16 and that doesn't count yeah. you know so you know a serious I'm glad you said it so I didn't have to absolutely and like we all know that doesn't count but right. like that's my longest standing relationship so what does that say about me you know yeah and so I'm like you know all these things are just stacking up against me and I just pushed myself into this corner mm-hmm. and it was literally like you are going to destroy yourself right or you are going to let go and that's the place that I had to be in and not everyone I definitely encourage people to not get to that place because it's a lot of pain for like no reason um but today like letting go looks a lot easier for me because I did push myself into this corner of just there's absolutely nothing I can do anymore I cannot control the situation I cannot manipulate it to be what I want it to be all I can do is pray and invite God into these situations in my life and to do what he knows is the right thing to do. And then I just say, let me be like a willing servant. Like, let me be like willing to walk into these doors that you open for me, Um, you know, and not to be in fear of, you know, do I really understand what's behind that door? Yeah. Like, okay, wait, before you open it, I want like a rundown. Yeah. Um, Give me my itinerary, you know, and I want to know everything about it, but it's like, you don't always know. Yeah. You know, so I've just tried to trust God and understand that you know, um, maybe even that I have a little bit of understanding of what God wants for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's helped me steer clear of situations and that's helped me lean into situations. Right. So I think it's a lot easier for me now, but it's definitely been the longest trial and error process. Yeah. I'm a very visual person and I like to equate my experiences with trying to follow God's will as trying to screw a screw into the the threads, right? Or the treads, whatever it's called. Well, if I'm staying in connection with my higher power, fits in right easy. Well, if I'm not, and I'm kind of trying to will the situation, it's like putting a screw in sideways. It's going to get in there, but it's going to be messy and it's going to be painful and it's going to be a bitch to remove, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know if you've ever put together Ikea furniture wrong, but I'm telling you, my apartment (laughs) complex has one full set of stuff that I've thrown away um, because I broke things because surprise, surprise, I get a little heated sometimes. I'm a redhead. But Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, right, like I do think that while it's not enjoyable to go through those experiences, but we have to have those experiences like we are humans and I forget about that all the time because I have such high expectations for others around me and for myself, really. Like they're here and I'm about two feet above them in my (laughs) head, right? Like not saying that I'm better. I mean, like I put my expectations for myself so high. And as a result, I have some issues, but I'm a human and I have the opportunity to take the instance that I was talking about earlier, I butted heads with someone, but it was an experience where I got to be humbled. I got to eat some crow. And who knows if maybe 10 years from now, I'll be at his wedding and I'll be like, hey, you remember that time when I called you an asshole on the phone and on 285? <laughs> like, you know, like, but that could be a great story, right? You know, so I'm so glad you came here today. I don't know if you're going to say the same afterward. Um, I need some time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I need some time. Um, no. Did our friendship just end? No, I, it's pretty easy. Luckily, um, for those of you who know me, I have no problem talking. <laughs> I love talking. It is the only thing I can do correctly. Um, sometimes. Sometimes when I'm not saying phrases, but I blame that on genetics. It's not my fault. I learned from my mother. Preach that. Yeah. So, but no, it's, been, it's good. Yeah, it's great. I'm so glad you were here and uh, to be so willing um I kind of threw it at you last minute so I appreciate that Mm -hmm. and um, I just would like to uh give a big shout out to everyone who's been listening and who has listened you know to the other episodes and given me feedback both positive and negative I like it all um there's a comedian where she talks about how God tells us not to judge others, but he never said anything about constructive criticism. Amen. <laughs> and I kind of like to live. And the Lord said, let there be Virgos in this world to judge everyone. <laughs> oh, God bless. You're speaking a whole nother language truly. to me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a Capricorn. I don't know what that means. Maybe someone can send me a message on Instagram and tell me if I fit that. Mm-mm. But my birthday is coming up. 
so I have no money. So <laughs> I have nothing for you. Know you know that's not my love language. My I know, love but language is I'm just letting you know. I want to put that out there for the world. Quality time. I already said it. But anyway, so thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you'd like to give us your feedback, um, Instagram, Control Issues 19. Search for Control Issues on Facebook. Um, Gmail, Control Issues 19 at gmail.com. Adam told me I should make a YouTube channel. That's happening when I get home. Um, maybe some other stuff. It's in the works. And I appreciate the patience from everyone as we're kind of still figuring things out, right? Like this is episode three and I'm learning a lot. And um, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of humility, mm. you know, Brene Brown would be so proud. Maybe she'll sponsor the podcast. Does that work that way? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know but, anything about this. But anyway, so thank you so much for everyone for listening. Uh, thank you, Bethany, for being here. Shout out to Most High for having us here. Adam for giving me lots of great direction and being so willing to take time out of his day to do this. And so, yeah, I think we're done. I'm done. Goodbye. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Don't say it because I know I'm cute. Oh, baby. Knew it down to my drawers. LV all on my shoes. Oh, baby. I be dripping so much sauce. Got a bit looking like bread goo. Oh, Lit up like a crystal ball. That's cool, baby. So is you. That's how I roll. If I'm shining, everybody wanna shine. Yeah, I'm I was born like this. Don't even gotta try. Yeah, I like shouting nigga better over time. I'm not the baddest bitch you like Don't even gotta try I like shouting